0: The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Close your eyes and
2: And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99.
0: Christy Cooney hands over the San Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever.
1: Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. Before we get into things, I'd like to give our listeners just a gentle reminder. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Our special guest on the podcast this week is Cork hurler Luke Mead. The Town man joined Kieran earlier to chat about his disappointment at going out of the Munster Championship, how Cork can improve next year. And what it's like being the only representative from Carberry on the senior hurling panel. But well, first, Kieran, I want to start with a big story that broke today. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon for anyone listening later in the week. But this weekend's Cork Camogie, this weekend, sorry, Cork's Camogie team face down in Parky on Saturday. And later that evening, the ladies football team are also playing. They're playing away to Galway. So it's another fixture clash for dual players. And it's another fixture clash that has led to a messy situation today.
0: Yeah, it's an all-too-familiar tale, Dylan, when we have these fixture clashes. And it's it's very unfortunate. Um, and it's 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 very hard on Cork's four dual players. That's Hannah Looney, Libby Cobbiger from St. Cullum's, or Le and Aoife Healy. So they're four Cork players who play both ladies' football and camogie. And like you said, on Saturday, both of those teams are in championship action and they're important games for both teams. The Cork camogie team wants to bounce back from their opening round defeat when they take on down at home. While the Cork footballers are away to Galway in their opener. So, both teams had big championship games. And what's happened, the fact that these games are both on the same day, it's just led to what you described as a messy situation. And that's exactly what it is, because both the Cork Camogie team and the Cork football team want these players, because, like I said, they are important. They are important to both setups. So, on Wednesday morning, the Cork ladies football team for the game against Galway was circulated. And on that team, it had the four dual players listed. So from that, it, it appeared that the, a decision had been made that those four players would play with the Cork football team. But within an hour of that team being put out there, I was um, I discovered or I learned that the Cork Camogie team also intends to name those four players on their team for their clash against Down on Saturday. So this is, this is a mess. It really is. Both teams want those dual players for for Saturday's games. There's no there's no compromise at the moment. There's no one budging. Both have their reasons for for picking the players. The Carcimogi team have a fierce injury crisis at the moment. They've eight players out through injury. They've uh, another player sitting in her leave insert. And if they're missing the four dual players, I've been told they're down to just 19 players for this game on on Saturday. While the Cork ladies football team. On paper, the game against Galway is the tougher of their group games. They're playing Tipperary in a couple of weeks' time, but they want their dual players for this game because it's a tough game away from home against a good Galway team. So unfortunately, no solution has been found between the two Cork teams. And it looks like the players will be forced to decide which team they want to line out with. And to be honest, that's dreadful. That's awful for these players to be put in that situation, in that position, just a couple of days out from huge championship games. But take this into the bigger picture, Why have the LGFA and the Camogie Association fixed these two championship games for the same day? Hannah Looney was um, promoting the championships last week and she made a point last weekend was free. This Sunday is free and the following weekend is free. There are dates in the calendar that one of these games could be moved to, but there was no budging. It really beggars belief that here we are, 2023, still talking about these These fixture clashes. And it's the four players at the center of this that that are going to miss out. They're the ones that are suffering. If they have to choose which team they have to line out for on Saturday, I just it's it's hard to wrap your head around that because their teammates, the players on both teams, and how you would ask those players to choose, it's it's just very disappointing. So hopefully that both the Camogie and the the Cork Ladies football, that those management teams can come together and find a solution because it just think it's it's not right to put the players in that situation.
1: Yeah, and it's not the first time this has happened this year either. We said earlier it's another fixture clash. Um, the first came in the Munster Championship, footballers were away to tip and Camogie Tide was at home to Waterford and they were split up that day. So we were told that they wouldn't be split up against. So that's why we believed that when we heard the Cork football team today that all the, the players would be playing this weekend for the football team. And there's another clash on the cards on July 1st as well. So it's it's not something that looks like it's going to be solved anytime soon, is it?
0: No, that's the unfortunate thing. Um, like you said, there on July 1st, both the Cork and Morgan the Cork ladies football teams are both in Championship Action again on the same day. So it looks like we're going to have another fixture clash unless it's sorted out at the 11th hour. So that's three fixture clashes in the space of, what, two months? So again, it's the players caught in the middle. It's the players that's suffering. And we've been here before. That's why I think for the players themselves, they're almost hitting their heads against a brick wall. They're like, Jesus... What do we have to do to get this started? Like they've they've banged the drum, they've hit out at the associations, they've highlighted the lack of communication. Um Hannah Looney warned last week that, that the players could be choose could be forced to choose one code over the other, or they could give, give up both codes altogether. The players are at the end of their tether. They've they've had enough. And that's why you'd hope and you'd want the associations, the powers that be, the people who make these decisions at a higher level, to make decisions that are that take into account I think the welfare of of the players first off, but especially when there is gaps in the calendar to slot these games into, I just love to know why 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 this isn't happening, and some people might hit back and say, well, it in the inter in county senior that the that the dual player doesn't exist there in, in in hurling and and in football, and I accept that as well. But the dual player in, in in ladies ladies um ga here in Cork, it's just so special and it means so much to everyone the arena Buckleys, the Breach Corkleys, these legends of the game who achieve so, so much in both codes. And if it can be facilitated, it should be facilitated because what we have here in those four players, like I said, Libby Carpenter from St. Columns is one of those, four fantastic role models for young girls and boys right around the county. They've shown that it's possible to, to be good, inter-counties tendered in two sports and to be disciplined and talented enough to play at that level. So it's just really unfortunate that we're we're here again. And the sad reality is, Dylan, we'll probably be talking about this again later in the year and and again next year and again the year after until it is sorted. We've heard a lot about the amalgamation with the the Ladies GA and Camogie Association coming under the the GA umbrella. Will that sort it out? Possibly it will. But how far off is Is, is, is um, is that from happening? So it's just, like I said, it's... It's a mess. It's a shambles, and for the players involved to put them in this situation on the week of a big championship game, it's just not good enough.
1: No, not at all. And it's frustrating for for us as well, for for fans of of the sport as well, because, like you said, there's a lack of communication between the two associations, but a lack of communication to to fans as well. Like nobody knows why this can't be sorted, why it's happening, why and um, it can't be fixed. So it is very frustrating. I thought the quote from Hannah Looney was very interesting. You mentioned her earlier last week. She said, um, realistically, if they're trying to push away the dual player and get rid of us, you're going to lose us from one organization or the other or both. So that's quite an ominous kind of statement to make as well. So I guess we'll see what happens with that in due course. Um, moving on, there's another big game in the GA this week for John Cleary's core team. They face Mayo in the Gaelic grounds on Sunday. It's going to be another tough test for them following their close defeat to Kerry last time out. And Kieran, how do you see this one panning out?
0: Huge game, what a what a big game for the for the Cork footballers. So it's the final round of games in the the round robin section of the All Ireland Championship, and of the sixteen teams involved, only Clare are the team that cannot progress to the. To the to the next round so that shows there's a lot on the line so specifically we're very interested in what happens in group one that's Cork's group so we have that win against Loud in the first game last the second game to Kerry so what it means is Mayo are on top of four points but Cork and Kerry have two points each and Loud have zero points and this Sunday at the same time it's Cork against Mayo in the Gaelic grounds and it's Kerry against Loud in Leash. So there's a lot of permutations here. Cork can finish anywhere from 1st, 2nd, 3rd and 4th. It's um, So it's going to be one of those days where where if you're at the Gaelic Grounds, you'll be seeing on Twitter to see what's happening over in Leash. because let's say if Cork beat Mayo and if Loud beat Kerry, that means Cork will top the group. So there's, you know, but if results go against Cork, there is a permutation where Cork could get knocked out on scoring difference. That's if, if Loud beat Kerry, by a certain amount, and if Cork lose to, to Mayo, that would leave Loud Kerry and Cork all in two points, and then it will come down to scoring difference. So, like I said, there's a lot on the line. So, all Cork can do is go out on Sunday and give a performance, and hopefully that performance will be good enough to get the result that the Rebels want. I was talking to John Cleary for this Thursday Southern Star, and he made a point of highlighting how he wants his team to be more clinical and rootless, to be, to put to be clinical and ruthless in the bigger moments against the bigger teams, that he feels is the next step for this Cork team to take. They missed chances against Kerry. I can think off the top of my head there was three frees in a row in the second half and Chris Oak Jones had a bad white in the, in the first half and there was a couple of shots uh, drop short into Shane Ryan's hands as well so Cork can see that they're creating the chances but they're not taking enough of the those chances against the big team. so if Cork can do that on Sunday they can rattle a really really good Mayo team where Division 1 league champions so it's 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 all to play for so Cork can get through to the next round they can top the group, preliminary quarterfinal home quarterfinal, so much on the line but first off didn't we need a Cork performance on Sunday
1: yeah, like you said, there there's a lot of permutations. And it's probably best if the court players don't even try and try and get wrap their heads around them because they are quite complicated, like you say. Um just to remind people, I guess the top table toppers go straight into the quarterfinals. Second place teams will then play at home in the preliminary quarterfinals against the four third place teams. So in an ideal situation, Cork will top top this, but maybe realistically, are we looking potentially at a an away preliminary quarterfinal? I
0: would I would think so. I think that'd be a, a good call right now because we'll presume Kerry will beat Loud. Maybe that's a dangerous presumption to make given Kerry's form, and they haven't been too convincing in their, their games so far. But if Kerry beat loud, as most would expect um Kerry to do, that means regardless of the result against May or Cork are True. And they'll go through in third place, which is in, in a way a preliminary quarter final the following weekend. And whether Cork finish first, second, or, or third, well, ideally you want Cork to finish first. But it's going to be another game in the championship. And this Cork team, as John Cleary tells us, it's 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 a work in progress. You know, so every game they can get, it's another step. You would hope in the right direction. Another step against quality opposition because the game against Kerry the last time out was Cork's first game against a Division One outfit this year, and they went toe to toe with Kerry for for 70 minutes. So we want to see the same this um, this Sunday in the in the Gaelic grounds. And I just think back to six years ago, Dylan. I was in the Gaelic grounds when Cork and Mayo met in a qualifier, and that was an absolutely brilliant game. Mayo ended up winning by point after extra time. But it was just superb. Um, excuse me. Uh, Padre Healy was the, the Cork manager at the time. And I remember Sean Potter was superb that day. But that was six years ago where Cork really pushed Mayo all, all, all the way to the end. And I'd be hoping for something similar on, on Sunday. And if Cork can do that, go to 70 minutes, but also take their chances. Who's that to say that that they won't win this game and really, really try to cat amongst the pigeons heading into the knockout stages.
1: Yeah, really, absolutely would. And it, maybe it does feel a little bit like Cork or kind of on the precipice of claiming a scalp against a team like Mayo. So like this year, we've seen them run Dublin and Kerry close. And while you'd probably argue that Mayo are a step above both of those teams at the moment, it's surely just a matter of time before we're sitting here on the podcast talking about a big Cork win.
0: I think that's the hope. And that's almost the, the next step in, in where John Cleary wants to get this Cork football team to, Um, like I said, in terms of Southern Star, I have an interview with John. And we speak about, let's say, the fitness levels of this Cork football team for for a moment. He highlighted that Cork w- went toe to toe with Kerry for the full seventy minutes uh, two weeks ago. Rewind twelve months ago, where Cork had a bad fade out against Kerry in the Munster semi final. Cork were one point behind after fifty one minutes, and they ended up losing by twelve. A few weeks later, Cork played Dublin in an All Ireland quarter final, and then Cork were three points behind at halftime, and they ended up losing again. I think it was by double digits in the second half. Fast forward twelve months, and John Cleary puts a lot of emphasis on a really good preseason. He said the Cork players came back fit. He told me that after that Dublin game last year, that he he laid down the law to the to the Cork players, and he said, "When you come back for preseason, I want you in good shape." And um, so the strength and conditioning programs that the lads followed last year it has stood them in good stead. They're certainly fitter this year. So that that's one box you could say the Cork have ticked. They're a fitter team this year, so they're able to. to to go stride for stride with the elite. So the next step they have to take is, can, like I said earlier, can they score, the, score the, those big kicks in the big moments against the big teams? And if they do that, they'll end up beating a big team. And that's another step in the right direction. So we all want really to see Cork football getting back to the top table, be back competing for the big prizes. It is a process. And all fans would love click the fingers or, and Cork are back competing for Sam McGuire's. But it's not that simple. If, if it was, every county would be doing it. But we've seen progression this year. What you want to see is that continued progression. And a win against a big team like Mayo this weekend would certainly be a be a huge boost.
1: Yeah, that's on at 2 p.m. on Sunday. And as well, as some positive injury updates there as well. Connor Corbett and Tommy Walsh have been rated as 50-50 chance to, to face Mayo. So that would be a boost for the team as well. There will be reacting to that next week on the podcast. I'm sure we'll hopefully we'll be be celebrating a big win there. And in other news, three West Cork athletes have this week been named on the Ireland team for the European Games in Krakow this month, joining Bantry kickboxer Tony Stevenson, who was announced as part of the team a couple of weeks ago. So it's great news for local athletes this summer.
0: Yeah, brilliant to see that we have four West Cork athletes in total heading to the European Games. like you said there, Tony Stevenson, we actually hope to have on the podcast next week all going well tony is the the, the west Cork kickboxing club kickboxer he's a former world uh, world senior champion and a world junior champion so he'd be represented ireland at the european games in Krakow. and before that we'll, we'll have three local athletes in action as well early next week so phil healy has been entered in three events that's the women's 200 meters the women's four by one hundred meter relay and the mixed four by four hundred meter relay. Her older sister Joan is also on the four by one hundred meter relay team, and Kilbrittain teenager Nicolette Tuttle will compete in the women's hammer. So all three will be in action next week in in Poland. And I suppose from from Phil's point of view, Dylan, she, the reality is she's not going to compete in all those three events. She's entered in three, which is going to have to pick and choose. She'll definitely run the two hundred. So then it's going to come down to a choice. Will Phil run in the four by one hundred meter relay, or will she run in the mixed relay as well? And that will come. That decision will become clearer over the next couple of days. I would think her sister Joan wants Phil in that four by one hundred meter relay because Phil Healy is, as far as I know, she's still the Irish one hundred meter women's record holder. Or I could be wrong on that because Rashida Adelecki is breaking every record at the moment, so she probably has that as well. But Phil did hold it at one point, or maybe she still does. But I would think that Joan and that that relay team want Phil there, but the mixed relay team would want Phil as well. So she's a decision to make. And that mixed relay team was also the one that Phil um, was on that got to the Olympic final back in the summer of 2021 in Tokyo. So she has a decision to make there. But in, in the grand scheme, great to see three local athletes compete at that level. And for for Nicola, total she's only 19, so this is her first major senior international event. It's a great chance for her to get some experience at a, at a big championships like this. Her main championships is the European Under-23s in Finland next month. Nicola's already had a super season. She's had three PBs. So if she can get another solid, solid showing under her belt, it'll hopefully set her up for a, a, a good outing in Finland next month.
1: Yeah, good news all around for West Cork athletes there. Now, coming up now is our guest this week, Luke Mead. Kieran, you spoke with Luke about Cork getting disappointingly knocked out of the Munster Championship and a lot more when you caught up with him recently?
0: Yeah, I caught up up with with Luke just to chat about Cork's inter-county season. So it was the Cork hurlers, first campaign under Pat Ryan. So I just wanted to pick Luke's brains just to see how how he found it, what progress he thought Cork made, how close they came in that Munster Championship. It, It was small margins. Think back to that game against Clare Clare got an injury-time winner. Think back to the game against Limerick. Limerick came good in the second half and just piped Cork, and that that's what knocked Cork out. And look at the Munster final last week, in Dylan. Look how close that was between Limerick and Clare. So just goes to show that this Munster championship is just so, so tight. Unfortunately for Cork, just ended up on, on, on the wrong side of the results this time. So it was um, good to catch up with Luke to chat that. But also the fact he is the only Carberry hurler on the Cork senior hurling panel, You'd love in an ideal world to have more hurdlers from this part of the woods and, uh, in and around cork hurling panels. And in fairness, we've had a trickle over the last couple of years. We've had a few players in the the minor and under 20 panels, and we've obviously Luke is there at the senior panel. There was a stage where we, David Lowney from Kilty and Michael Cahalan from Bandon, were in and around there as well. But I just wanted to talk to Luke about that, like what can be done to get more Caribbean hurlers up at that level and he believes that Caribbean hurlers are good enough to play at at the highest levels but we started off discussing Cork's Championship, Munster Championship campaign and his thoughts on it. Delighted now to be joined on the podcast by Cork hurler Luke Mead to have a, a chat about Cork's season, both league and championship and First off, Luke, we're just a couple of weeks on from from Cork's exit from the championship. What are your thoughts now? Because it was such small margins.
2: Yeah, fine margins, as you said. Like uh, couldn't sum it up better, really. Um, look, obviously, still the disappointment hasn't gone anyway. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, really disappointed to be out so early in the year. Um, like to, to go the good weather was only just coming, like um, when we're out of championship ready. Like so it is still really disappointing, um, and fine margins, as you said, like, you know, uh, in every game, like tip game, had a chance at the end, um, and had loads of chances during the game, like, uh, Claire, same, and even the last day in against Limerick as well, like, um, just so close, like, even just to get one more point, like over the three games, like, um, would have made it such a different result really for ourselves, like for the rest of the year, like, so, um, yeah, just really disappointed to be out already and not training with the lads, like, um, this is, a, this is a big change of what we're what we used to like. Yeah,
0: is that what makes it so hard for the group to stomach? Almost like you said, they're like these fine margins that draw against tip Clare with their injury time winner Limerick again just by a point. Like we're talking, like the smallest of margins here. Is that what makes it so hard to kind of almost come to terms with? Because Cork were so close to advancing, even being in the Munster final, got through to the the, the All Ireland series, but all of a sudden now on the outside looking in.
2: Yeah, definitely that's the thing. Like. um so close as you said and like one point away from getting into a monster final like this week could have been preparing for a monster final against Claire or Tip or whoever um but just so close and like as you said when you lose by a point or um each game is so tight like you're always just thinking of you're going over every single mistake that you made and everything during the game like that you could have changed differently like that would have made maybe the one point of a difference um you know so it's kind of Kind of sickening in a way like that you just keep going over those in your head um as a team and as a personally like over everything you could have done like um that could have just changed things drastically like but um look that's just the way it is really that's what we're gonna have to put up with um the competition is brilliant like you know and um, it's brilliant to be playing these tight tough games against quality opposition like um so like you wouldn't change that for the world like but it's just trying to get over the line um it was just uh disappointing obviously like yeah
0: like those what-if moments, I can just imagine for, for you as a group the last couple of weeks, just probably playing over in your heads different moments from, from different games. Is there any moment or game that stands out to you as in what-if, if if something had happened different in that game that we could be having a different conversation now?
2: Uh, not really. Like, I suppose you could go over loads of things. Like, you could look at every miss, every wide, every chance um, for a goal that you would have had, like, over the three games, I suppose, in each game. um. Obviously, we beat Water and played well that day. Um, tip, like, Drew against a very good tip team, like, that'll have a big say in the championship yet. Um, like, each day, I suppose, um, that we didn't win either the draws or the losses by point. Um, Like, we probably didn't play well for maybe a period in each game. Like, the, the last against Limerick, probably a 10-15 minute period there in the second half. Um, are the same. Uh, that's kind of second... Quarter the game, didn't play well really, um, and tip probably the same, like, you know, so it's just those probably 10-minute spells, 10-15-minute spells that just kind of cost us really in the end because we played some great stuff. Um, other than that, like, even the last against Limerick, like, our at the start of the game, like, we played, we were playing brilliantly, like, playing really well, like, um, in the first half, especially against Limerick, like, but just 10 minutes after halftime, kind of just kind of got stuck, couldn't, just couldn't get ourselves going, um, couldn't get the uh, scores on the board for that 10 minutes. It kind probably just cost us like, which was just, yeah, it was getting really like, yeah.
0: It seems to be a general consensus that this is a, a Cork team on the rise. And I think that was almost refreshing. Even after the the exit from the chip, there was no knee jerk reaction. Nobody kind of lashing out about or Cork wrote it at this stage because Bigger picture with Pat Ryan in and the talent coming through, and um, people can see that this team is, is moving in the right direction. Is that the sense that you that you can get yourself from, from being in being inside? Like you know better than most that this that this is is a Cork team. With definitely it's better days ahead.
2: Yeah, like obviously, like that's what you'd be hoping for as well. Like you know, we some great players, um, players that from there, like and young players coming through as well. Like so, like there's plenty of good players there. Um. Yeah, I suppose you'd like to think that we're coming, but, you know, every year you still have to take your chances, like, and still have to perform and still have to get the results, like, you know, so, um, and I suppose the reaction from the Cork supporters, like, um, I definitely noticed this year, especially, like, um, even though it is kind of the first year that we haven't made it out of the group in the Round Robin series, still the reaction of the Cork supporters, like, has been... Um, has been good, like and better than you might have expected out of a team that didn't make it out of the group. Like, um, like as you said, like there's no knee-jerk reaction, like there's no one, um, kind of given out too much really that I've seen. Like, obviously, you don't be looking out for things too much, um, but just the sense that I get, like that the support is really there, like, um, you know, and that's really important because, like, the, when the car crowd is on your back, like, and or when the car crowd is with you, I should say, like, um. And they're in full voice, like and they're supporting the team like they would this year and like they do every year and um, like filling up stadiums and things like that. You know, it's um it can be a hard thing to to stop for opposition position when the crowd is with you. Um and especially the car crowd. So this year, like it was a great reaction from the supporters all throughout the year, like even um after the games that we drew, like and and maybe lost by point, there was still people saying that it was a good performance, like and they were happy with the performance and the effort of all the players, like you know, so it is um it is good to get that, but like as I said. Tis tis grand to be saying that we're coming and that we're um that we've good players because we are good players but we just kind of have to take our chances like um and have to um as I said just take the chances when they come back yeah.
0: What do you think this car group needs to, to do so Luke to take that next step to be in those conversations for the big prizes again?
2: I'm not sure really. Like I suppose we're doing a lot of things right. <laughs> Um, you know, like to be getting into those positions like we're competing at a very high level, like um once they're hurling like is the highest level, um, the toughest competition um in hurling like obviously. Um so we're right at the level, like it's just that small little couple of percentages. Um like it's hard to know really what the next what how to figure it out, like, you know, like if I was able to figure it out now, like um it'd be very easy to get through next year and things like that, which you won't be like, you know, you just have to put the head down and work as hard as you can. Um, have confidence in your team and in your play um, and just as I say, just take your chances when they come um, um, and just try and get over the line I'm, I'm not really sure um, the areas that we go after or anything like that um, I suppose on further reflection the lads will be doing that and things like that so we um, just have to keep what we're doing and trust that we're that we're going in the right direction trust that we're doing the right things um, yeah yeah
0: how was your role changed, Luke, under Pat Ryan? What has he asked you to do, maybe the, pre- the previous manage- management didn't, or has your role evolved under Pat?
2: Um, I suppose just no different to anyone else on the panel, I suppose Pat, all Pat is looking for really is just an honest effort, like um, totally honest effort, total work rate, um, and just pl- totally playing for the jersey, um, which is what you want to do every day, Like, but he's just really put an emphasis on working hard, being a good uh, a good teammate and a good team player. Um, and just having confidence then in your in your abilities and bringing what you have to the table. And I suppose Pat is an extremely positive man and an extremely um, good motivator and a, and a brilliant manager. Um, and all he's doing is just pushing you, giving you confidence to try and bring your talents and bring what you bring to the game to the field. Um, that's what Pat does really well uh, for everyone on the panel. Like, so you know, so it is just to work as hard as you can and just bring your own. Your own uh, skills and talents to the game um and he gives you the confidence to do that really is what I'd say about Pat um there's no one any different he treats everyone the same um number one to thirty like I uh, he treats everyone the same and uh, driving on everyone like which is I wouldn't say my role has changed too much really it's just giving yourself the confidence and the um things to 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 just drive on like yeah
0: I think one of the noticeable things too with the the Cork senior hurlers this year and especially during the championship the amount of young fellas that Pat has given a go. I see there are 25 players were used by Cork in the championship and of those 25, nine of them have played in the, the previous two All Ireland under 20 um, final wins. And of course, we had Cork's recent under 20 hurling final win as well. So that's that's three in four years. So we can see that there is a conveyor belt of talent coming through and they're starting to get their chance. Like I said their Pat gave a lot of fellas a go this year. So that that must lead to a really competitive squad right now.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um ultra competitive squad um as you said all those new players that have been tried out in the league i'd say nearly everyone like i'd say everyone nearly on the panel i uh, extend the panel and everything training panel gotta go in the league um so like everyone has been given a chance and with that like when in the league when we were trying out so many players like we we're still winning like you know so those fellas that were playing were keeping their their jersey a lot of the time um so it was up to everyone else to try and get in um, and the, like, the training is really competitive, like in any AVBs or internal training games that we're playing, like we're very competitive um, and you're always just and like that's obviously like every team says, every good team says it like that's what they need. Um, like when you're going into training, you know, you can't take a night off or you can't uh, take it easy tonight because someone else will just have your jersey like um, and that's the thing. Like if you're not performing, like there's always someone else there to ready and waiting to step in. Um, you know, so it keeps everyone on their toes. Um, so it, it was great. Like, yeah, it was great.
0: It was obviously here in West Cork. We have an extra special interest in, in you, Luke, your our only Carbery representative on the the Cork Senior Hurling Panel. Uh, you've been there since since twenty seventeen. Like, just to to have a Carberry hurler or a hurler from Carberry, sorry, on, on the panel, it's 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 important for for the division because we've had Sean Daly involved with the Cork Under twenties as well that won the All Ireland. Um we don't get too many hurlers from West Cork on the intercounty panel. So to have your likes of yourself and Sean there, I think it's important for hur- hurling in the division.
2: Yeah, without doubt. Um, yeah, and I met Sean yesterday at the Shikinesh Golf Finals as well, like, and it was a brilliant achievement for him um, as well to be a part of an all-Irland winning team. Um, so yeah, it is important. Like um, like you're going around to different clubs, maybe at camps and things like that, like, and they all have a hurling in their hand and things like that. So maybe you're thinking, maybe if a couple of us weren't there, um, maybe that wouldn't be the case, like, but there's great interest, like in West Cork and hurling, obviously, like in hurling and football. But um, yeah, you're just trying to do your best to keep everyone interested, like, and keep everyone involved. Like, it is great for my own club, like, obviously, to have someone involved, um, and in West Cork in general, just to try and drive on the hurling. I suppose, um, in parts, maybe that mightn't have been focusing on it too much over the years, but uh, yeah, look, look, it's an honor for me really to be. As you said like the only one maybe in the division at the moment on the panel, like so. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to do my best really for um for the for the lads. Yeah.
0: What what you do, Luke, and the same with Sean at the Skeener Skull Finals, it's almost its visibility for, for young boys and girls in the division. Like they can they saw you at the at the Skeena skull finals in in, in Hilton, and the same with Sean because that's important because then they can see someone who's really a Cork senior hurler, and it makes it more realistic for a young boy in, in Carberry to, to think that they can play at the top level because it would be great to see more more hurdlers from Carberry progress up through, through, the, through the different panels. I know David Lowney from Clan of Kilty before was in and around a couple of seasons back. So is that the hope, Luke, that we can get more hurlers from, from this neck of the woods through and what can we do to try and achieve that?
2: Yeah, oh, definitely. That's the hope. Like, And there's no reason why um fellas can't do it. And I suppose that's what when I'm going around maybe the camps and things like that um talking to children like you know that's just the message i'm trying to get across like there's um like there's no reason why anyone from wherever club that they are from can't be involved with car teams um minor and 20, under 20 or senior or whatever like you just need to put in the work like and just um put into practice um and i suppose your the clubs just need to help out as well i suppose with, with to, to help drive them on like and um keep driving on hurling in drawing clubs because as I said, like there's great athletes, there's great um footballers, great hurlers in the division. It's just um giving them the chances and um, maybe through development squads or through Carberry or through whatever it is really. I'm not sure just to just to keep practicing, keep putting in the hard work like because um they're no different to anyone else from East Cork or from the city or from North Cork like um they have the same amount of time in their hands, they have the same amount of everything else. Like there's no reason why they can't be a part of a, a squad and um, just need to put in the work really. So yeah, it is, it is good that they can see um maybe myself or Sean around the place just to uh, just to see that it can be done like that. Yeah.
0: Just a word on your, your own club, uh Neusestown, one of the the great clubs of 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 West Cork, and even so it's Cork GA going so with senior hurling and football, which is a which is rare for a, a rural club to do that. How important has been in your development, and even those characters and those people involved in the club who've helped you in your journey.
2: Ah, uh, sure, massive. Like yeah, every club, like every player that plays in any Indian company team is obviously hugely grateful to their club, like for putting them in that position. Like I was I'm very lucky like to be a part of a club like that is playing at a high standard in both hurling and football. And and it's great for our lads. Like some lads are better hurling, some lads are better football, but we're playing at a standard like that is uh, that is quite high like and if you can succeed at that standard like you obviously have a better maybe a better chance of making these panels and things like that um but yeah just even the quality of the other players and a bit like I was saying with to, inside the Cork squad with being so competitive like when everyone else in the club like is so good as well like and um the standard is so high like it's obviously bringing you on as well um and it's important when you're younger then obviously as well like to have a good have good trainers and to go, have good um players around you to help bring you kind of to the next level and keep developing you the, the whole time. Like, so I was very lucky. I'm very lucky to be part of a uh, really good club, um, Hurling and football, like, and we kind of balance them both um, pretty well. Like, and um, it's kind of a 50-50 split really between the two and the club. um. you know, and now that I'm back with the club, like it's uh, for me, like it's 50-50 between the Hurling and football. um. you know, so uh, yeah, I'm just, really, really happy to be part of it. Like, yeah.
0: It's disappointing as Cork's exit was from the Munster Championship. You're obviously back in with Town. Now, did you give it a bit of time before you went back in or were you back in the following week? And does it almost soften the blow a small bit? The fact you're going back into your home club with the lads you've grown up with and you played up, you played with it all along. So you're come, coming back into that very familiar environment again.
2: Yeah, it does soften it. Like, um, like obviously you don't want to be back in club uh, training so early in the year. Um, Obviously, I'd love to be going until the end of July or whenever or the start of August or whenever the All is. But it does soften it a bit like that. We're coming back to such a familiar um team, like, and as I said, like that, I'm still playing to a good standard mm-hmm. um senior uh in both like you know. Um uh, so I'm very lucky in that sense. Um after the after we got knocked out, um, I haven't played a game with the know yet since um uh hopefully be playing next week for the for the football game uh with Newstone. um kind of i turned up to training right the following week after we got knocked out i didn't train out but just, just to see the lads and just to um try and kind of get used to the setting again um but yeah look just as i said like for not to be back this early but like when i'm there look um still good to be a part of the Back with the lads, like, and um, back playing to a good standard, hurling and football, you know. So, so yeah, it's not too bad after that, like,
0: yeah. I think that the nature of the beast, which is the hurling championship, is even though Cork aren't in it, it's pouring on regardless. And um, what sort of a fan will you be for the championship? Will you keep an eye on what's going on? Will you watch the games? Or are you going to just try and block it out for the next couple of weeks and stay away from it? So how will, how do will you approach the next couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, um, like I'd be a big, uh obviously supporter of hurling and obviously like a big fan of it like you know so I find it very hard to block it all away and um, even this week like I was thinking about the Munster final between Clare and Limerick like and I was just thinking how much we'd love to be there Um, and like to talk across my head like not to or I'm not going to bother watching that but like at the end of the day I'm still going to watch it like it's going to be an unbelievable game Um, uh, between two good teams like you know so like in my head I prefer <laughs> to, to be able to block it out but I won't be able to i would be watching it like I'll be watching the whole championship um you know so obviously voting that we're not there and every match that i'll be watching like i'll be thinking the same thing like that wish we were there you know um just thinking about next year and just trying to drive on for next year but um no i watch it right like it's going to be a sunday's game the Munster and the leinster final like are going to be two serious games like and um you know i feel like that every team kind of thinks that they have a good chance this year of um of winning win Ireland and like um, I think the gap is kind of closed maybe between Limerick and the rest, maybe it's small amount this might come back, you know, Limerick might come back and hammer everyone, uh, but uh, I just think that there'll be serious games to come in the championship, like, you know, so I'll be I'll definitely be watching them anyway, yeah. Final question,
0: so just just on the Munster championship, it's an incredible championship, it's so competitive, we could see it from the, from the results this year and, and the games themselves, they were so, so close. For a player to be stuck in the middle of it, what what's it like? Because as fans on the outside, we're looking in, kind of gripped by what's going on. But you're right in the middle. Like, are you are you to the, are you the camo in the middle of the storm, or can you get do you get caught up in the excitement of it all?
2: Um, I suppose you try not to get caught up in it. Really, like, is the realistic answer. Like, um, like it's great to be involved in these occasions. Like in before the match, from um, national anthem and in the war and things like that. Like, it's great to see these massive crowds. But you kinda you do have to stay cool, like and you st- you do have to be calm in the center of it all, like because if you're if you're not on it, like you're gonna be eaten up. Um, you don't have a second on the ball, you don't have a second, you don't even have a second to get the ball into your hand, it has to be as quick as you can. Um and if you're any bit off, like you're gonna be you're gonna be found out and you're gonna be um you're gonna be eaten up inside there, like, you know, so you kinda have to be calm, you just have to be on the ball and block it out as much as you can um, during the game, because obviously after the game, like you can say, God, it was a great game to be a part of, like, and even before you can be looking forward to it as much as you can, but it's just, you kind of have to be as tuned in as you can on the field. It's kind of a boring answer, like, but it's just the way it has to be really. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. We're privileged to be playing these games, like, but um, yeah, have to be tuned in like, yeah.
0: The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Now, welcome back to the Star Sport podcast. And now it's my favorite time of the week, Ciarán, because I get to hear what's on in this week's Southern Star Sport. So what have you got for everyone this week?
0: We've gone through a couple of the pieces earlier, obviously, interview with John Cleary ahead of the game on... Excuse me, on Sunday, we have Matthew Toomey and Shane Ronane and their big championship games this weekend. And obviously, the dual clash is front and centre of this week's start. My last word column is on... How the dual players have been caught in the middle of this tug of war between both county teams and both associations as well. But we have plenty more besides that. We have a really nice piece about the late, great Teddy McCarthy, who coached and managed the Band and Hurlers to county win in 2011. And it's the role that Teddy Mac played in that fantastic, um, fantastic Band and win. What's that? Jesus, 12 years ago now. We also have reaction from the Cork minor football manager, Ray O'Mahony a couple of days on from their exit from the All-Ireland Championship, is still not happy with the officiating decisions in that game. An absolute shambles is how he has described it. So very strong words from Ray O'Mahony in this Thursday's Sutherland Star. Our feature County League game this week was, or is, Kilbritton against Barry Rowe. It was a Division Six County Hurling League derby. Kilbritton were going for promotion, Barry Rowe were battling relegation, so guess what happened? Barry Rowe went and turned the tables on, on their, their neighbours and got a very important win to, to boost their chances of survival. have to mention too, Dylan, we have an eight-page skinas the Skull special in Torres' Southern Star. So last last week in Clannachilty, 38 teams descended on Ahamilla for the annual West Cork Ski and the Skull football finals, 32 primary schools from right across West Cork were there. And we have pictures of all 32 schools, plus we have match reports on every single final. So this is a real keepsake because the West Cork ski and the Skull Finals, these are the all on finals for these kids. They mean so, so much. Some of the the, the, the high-end, the great and the mighty footballers we see now at, at Cork level, um, they all came through. They all played ski and the Skull here in West Cork. So this is a real um, keepsake eight-page pullout in the middle of the sports section. So that's well worth checking out. Have to mention too, the West Cork Kennedy Cup team is doing great things at the moment. So as we record this on Wednesday, the West Cork team are going to play in their big quarter final on Wednesday evening. So hopefully it all went well there. But just to flag, for the first time ever, the West Cork team won all three group games into the Kennedy Cup and they topped their group earlier this week. So that's an incredible achievement. So well done to all of them involved. And hopefully this story just keeps on running this week. Um, what else have we And you're asking this is one of my favourites Erling Holland. shot the lights out with Manchester City he got all these awards but did you know that Barry O'Driscoll-Harton from Dreena Rangers has a better goals per game ratio in the league than Holland had in the Premier League so I'm not going to say too much more but it's well worth checking out Thursday Southern Star to, to see that we also have an interview with George Salter Townsend the 82 year old skibbering athlete who was cleaning up the medals at Masters level earlier this year. We have the story about Dylan Hicks, the young Bantry teenager who's joining the Munster Rugby Academy um, for 2023-2024, keeping that hashtag West Mafia moving in the right direction. And we have so much more beside it. I say it every week, Dylan, but this is a really, really good sports section. So don't be the one to miss out. Pick up the star on Thursday.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, I don't know if there's a sport in the world that isn't represented in the star sport this week. Um, as always, that'll be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. And if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get the Southern Star on your laptop, tablet or phone. Just go to sp- subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than €2 euro per week. And this week, Kieran, we we've launched as well our annual subscription option. So you can subscribe for a year for 88 euro. You get a month free if you do that. So if you want to uh, commit to, to the star for a year, that option is available for you there as well. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again next week, hopefully talking about a big Cork win. Thanks for listening.